everyone, and welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today, we will be talking about season four, episode seven of BoJack Horseman Underground. I'm your host, Kirsten McInnes, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing great. I wondered if we would be recording this in costume, but none of us did that. So happy Halloween to put this in a time and place. <laughs> Spooky Halloween. <laughs> it's like November 8th or something. Yeah, because like, this is not coming out for a little bit, but you know what? It's fine. It can be spooky season forever as long as you just believe. Mm-hmm. And we do. And we do. <laughs> I'm so excited, Lindsay, because... We're not alone. Again, we have another iconic guest. Long overdue, this guest, I think. Yes. So uh, this guest, it's, and I'm pretty sure this is not his first time podcasting about BoJack at some point, but like, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Host of many podcasts. He wears a lot of hats. I, I don't even know where to start. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to bring in Mike Bloom is here. <laughs> yes. Wearing many hats. None of them today though, because we're not in costume. I should have been the guy from that book isn't there a book called like too many hats about there's a man with a lot of hats who's walking by a tree with monkeys and the monkeys all take the hats Uh, i could have been that guy but i elected not to be did you read that book to your child i have not no we have received so for our shower baby shower we got a lot of books that we actually asked for that instead of like gifts proper and Mm -hmm. so we've really just been going through that sort of literal back catalog and a lot of those have been the old classics but i don't think we got our hands on too many hats but I, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Like you said, much like a, a bad library book, I am long overdue onto this <laughs> podcast. Bojack is a show that I really fell in love with. It's actually probably one of my favorite comedies of all time, which has truly ascended the ranks. So I'm happy to be coming on as we go below to talk about this particular episode of Bojack Horseman. Yes. And so you picked this episode. And what? why did you choose this episode? It's a good question because, you know, my own history with BoJack Horseman is, you know, when I came onto the show, I didn't really know anything about it. I don't think anyone really did. I probably was drawn into it the same reason a lot of people were. I saw the voice cast, which was awesome. Again, a real like who's who of fantastic comedians, plus Aaron Paul, who turns out to be pretty damn funny as well. Plus, you know, as someone who grew up in that TGIF era, especially like I could tell you uh, full house, like forwards, backwards, upside down, all the MC Escher ways I could talk about that show. I've seen it so many times. So to hear about the core conceit of the show being like, what if Bob Saget-like character, uh, you know, following this character throughout, I I thought it was an interesting concept. And much like the show proper, you know, my feelings changed as the show did of like, oh, this is a lot more intense than (laughs) I thought I would be. But we still have the propensity to like dedicate an entire episode to a chicken lady who (laughs) who could only talk in box and make puns off of that. And that's what I really always loved about the show is- The the, chickens. Specifically (laughs) the chickens. I love me some poultry, but the ability to balance, you know, let's just say stupid comedy, smart, Mm -hmm. stupid comedy with this idea of like, incredibly deep, meaningful conversations about depression. And that honestly is kind of being a nutshell in a random manner of speaking. And I I actually have BoJack Horseman to thank profusely for, God, this is so trite to say, but it, it did change my life in a certain way because the episode you talked about last week, stupid piece of shit. I remember watching that episode 
and being like, oh, does not everyone have that? Is that bad? <laughs> is it bad to feel like, like that? I thought everyone had that voice in their head that said those types of things to them all the time that you couldn't shut off. I didn't realize <laughs> that was like something special. And as a result, it, it finally allowed me to like take a, a look at myself and see how not okay I was and how okay I am with being not okay nowadays. And so it's really odd to say that again, an episode that we're going to talk about RuPaul as an ant queen <laughs> was able to produce an episode that had me legitimately take a look at my own state of mental health in the world today. But like, it's an incredibly special show to me in all these ways. As to why I picked this episode, Mari, the fantastic Mari took that episode. So it's yeah. sort of like, all right, <laughs> what else do you want to take? But I feel like while the emotional stuff in BoJack is so much great stuff to get dig into, and maybe we'll have another opportunity to do that later on in the show's run. The, I, like I said, I love the silly shit that they get into. And for some reason, I'll always remember the image of Zach Braff being lit on fire by <laughs> Jessica Biel to, to serve the fire god. And so it's one of these things of like, all right, let me pick as a starter, right? As an, as an mm -hmm. appetizer, I want a sweet aperitif. Give okay. me like something, something fun to talk about with a little bit of like emotion thrown in there, as opposed to starting at the deep end of the pool. Yeah. I know you probably want to start there if you want to dive in, but I'd rather dive in from the shallow end and see if I bonk my head on the bottom. <laughs> I think that's very fair. And I feel like that is more aligned with like my philosophy. Like my favorite episodes of Bojack are always the silly ones. All of the deep and heavy and important stuff. It's really important. I love the episodes and it's good. It's good to talk about it. And I think we have great conversations here, but like, I'm like, no, I just, I just want to laugh. Life, <laughs> life is hard enough. <laughs> Please let me laugh. Well, and like we've, we've talked before about, I think one of the writers maybe, or like a producer on the show, I don't know, someone on the staff there talked about how, like specifically referring to the animal comedy of like the treadmill scene when there's like mm. the sloth and then Princess Carolyn mm -hmm. and then the cheetah and they're all going at different speeds. They said like, that's the quintessential, like we put in these stupid jokes about animals just so that we can dig into this really deep stuff. And it's a very intentional balance that they're striking. And I think they do that so well. And I love that we get to do both here. Yes, but yeah. once again, it's time for me to have an existential crisis about the chickens <laughs> because Raphael Bob Blocksberg said on Twitter that all of the animals are part human, which means the chickens <laughs> are part human, which means everyone in Bojack is a cannibal. And I just, I need to bring it up again. I bring it up almost every week because ever <laughs> since I saw that tweet, I have not been okay. It's been months. Yeah, it's one of these weird animated worlds, especially, right? Where the more you think about it, the more you end up setting yourself down the spiral that you're on, Kirsten, right yeah. now, right? Like you're halfway down that slide at yeah. the moment. They're cannibals. <laughs> they are cannibals to a certain extent. And I'm sure, I don't think, I don't think RBW wants you to necessarily think about it, but he opened up the possibility, right? You, mm -hmm. you try to answer a question and you end up creating even more questions based on that. <laughs> Oh God, don't get me started on RB dub. We're <laughs> mad at him still. It's fine. Just, um, just We'll all be forgiven if he ends up coming onto your podcast. Obviously, yes. <laughs> Lindsay read his book to impress him and he I won't did. come on. He really broke my heart. I yeah. read that damn book. And for, I don't know, did I talk about it at the time how that book had like a whole thing that was like, pack up your shit and move across the country because you think that'll make you feel better and you'll leave your sadness behind. And it was like one week before I was supposed to move across the country. And it was like, yeah, just start your life over again and move away and think that the sadness won't find you, but it will. And I was like, are we dumb? Leave me alone. Just let not, me <laughs> not me moving provinces last summer and already being like, 
Maybe I should move again. Maybe I should do a cross country. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you a shark? Too much. (laughs) Yeah. If I stop moving, I'll die. Always be moving. Okay, so I guess we should talk overall about the episode. Yes. Before we 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 dive in, we're doing this faster than we did with Mari last week. Actually, I feel like it took like (laughs) thirty minutes to get in the episode. Last last week, week. I just want to reflect briefly on last week's episode, which has not yet been released. Yeah, because because now I I am coming in completely blind. I'm like I wasn't at the party, and you're (laughs) telling me the party like at brunch the um, next day. Basically, and I'm going to take full accountability and responsibility (laughs) for this. Basically, last week I was on one Mm -hmm. and was very, very distracted. Like every five seconds, like we would go on another tangent and I'd be like Googling something. And it was just like, it was a lot and it was my fault. And I do take full responsibility, but listen, okay. I'm neurodivergent and sometimes things happen and <laughs> Lindsay loves me. So it's fine. I'm just concerned by the phrase on one, like, <laughs> like on a, a horse. On no, a like, I, I don't know. Like I was just, you, have you never heard that before? Like, Oh, no. they're really on one. Mm. I've never heard that before in my life. Oh, you're really on one the other day. Cause I think on, if you follow up on, with any sort of like noun that doesn't have to do with location, I'm going to assume drugs. I'm like, oh, oh you were no. on something. I was like, not on like- drugs. I probably should be on some kind of drug <laughs> to avoid what happened last week. Yeah, no, I think of it as like on a roll or on a tear or like you yeah. just like you're on one. No, but Kirsten took a nap right before we recorded. <laughs> And then it was like, we eventually at the one hour mark, I was like, Kirsten, you simply must be stopped. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, you called like a coup. You pulled an Amistad. Basically started by being the ship. I started by being like, I have a midterm this week. And Kirsten's like, should we just like watch the nutty professor right now? Like, would that be a good thing to do in the middle of the podcast? The nutty professor. Wait, which one? Actually suggesting watching the nutty (laughs) professor to the club. No, but I felt like we were headed in that direction. (laughs) No, that would, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous as if I would ever watch a movie. <laughs> True. Good point. Um, anyway, the point is that we're we're tighter today, I think. Famous last words. Last we're about to be on one right now. Yeah. Do you Get think that's a like Canadian thing to say, oh, there you're on one? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought because so. we just, both know it, but Mike doesn't. I have, yeah, I, I'm like a full-blooded East Coaster. I've never heard the term on one in my life. <laughs> I it's okay okay so okay I'm bored we'll just start with the episode anyways <laughs> underground season four episode seven so I guess Bojack has not actually talked to Diane since he's been back in LA at all I just assumed they had crossed paths but I guess not yeah the so. sense I have is that the last time they spoke was when he's freaking out at the old Sugarman place and he calls Diane and they have their little chat and then it seems like he talked to her decided to come back and then just never called her again classic bojack honestly yeah yeah well he's gonna he's gonna vocalize his reasons later though right as to why he came back but even he and this is something i really i don't know appreciate about the character is probably the better thing more so than enjoy is like even he knows when he's and especially at this point with the character right like he knows when he's completely bullshitting someone or horse shitting someone right where he's like <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I was going to call you when I was a better person, but I'm probably not going to be a better person. So like, why did I even think I was going to wait until that milestone happened? I'm going to start using that as an excuse for like anything. Like, oh, sorry, I was planning to do that when I became a better person. It's a good way to put the ball in their court or at least make them feel worse, right? It's like, oh, oh, no, you're you're great. Oh, you're like, 
it's a good way to, I guess, redirect the conversation if you really need to, if you have, if you got out of, I don't know, not going to someone's wedding or funeral yeah. because gaslight, you, yeah, <laughs> gaslight, 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 <laughs> gaslight, gatekeep girl boss. Come on. Yeah. Oh triple G's. <laughs> oh God. Mm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So Mr. Peanut Butter is having a, a fundraising dinner. So Bojack cannot just get in. He has to pay $20,000 to enter the house to talk to Diane. And what I loved here was we got another Erica sighting yes, because I, this time she has the right number of years. Finally, I wrote this down too. <laughs> we finally get an Erica sighting. I feel like it's been a minute, but yeah, finally she has the right number of years. Yeah, so this is one of our favorite recurring bits of Bojack is at any event, Mr. Peanut Butter will just like leave a conversation by being like, oh, hey, Erica, and then something horrible oh yes yes, um, yes. No, i remember that and so yeah this time he's like oh hey erica look at you having the right number of years very positive for erica this time so this is a good one for her and also uh, he loves bojack's ironic take on black tie attire it says i really don't care what anybody thinks have, have um, either one of you ever been to like one of these specifically the i guess you could tell an event super schmaltzy right when they charge an amount for the plate mm-hmm yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> no, I have not. I think mostly because I'm poor, but maybe one day hope springs eternal. Are they, are you allowed like plus ones at those? Or do you think they well, you have, have to, to pay for their plate? You can't like, like you can't share a plate. <laughs> I don't think that they endorse sharing a plate at these black tie events. This is also just to queue up for anyone who cares. This is another time that Bojack is actually perfectly lining up with my Grey's Anatomy rewatch because I'm in season 10 now and they just had oh a god. gala to raise money for the hospital. I watched the episode yesterday. Oh my god. I can't believe Bojack pays the 20k to get in here. He's rich. Yeah, that's the thing is I think Bojack Horseman like the the thing about the show that is so interesting is that he does have like just due to I'm assuming royalties right just like an obtuse amount of funds and so mm -hmm. for comedy's sake if they say hey do this just to like you know pay someone off or get this exorbitant thing going he's able to do so because he basically has like a Scrooge McDuck sized pool of money <laughs> at this point off screen surprised he's not swimming in a pool of money every yeah. day like we don't really see him in his pool often he should drain yeah, it only only in the credits money. yeah <laughs> yeah true and when he drove the Tesla into it Mm -hmm. not so much swimming as that was maybe trying, trying to die question mark yeah. we also get so princess carolyn is there and she's like very nervous about being pregnant and having to pee and not exposing her pregnancy yeah she like asked diane if there's a bathroom and she's like you're like i have to pee but like not in a pregnant person kind of way just in like a normal kind of way and it's just like oh my god just go to the pool house in a normal non-pregnant way <laughs> <laughs> Is, if I told you it'd be too early, if I was pregnant, it would definitely be too early to tell you. Is that so obviously, Mike, you're the only parent here. Mm. Is that, were there ever any like awkward moments like that where you, you almost like outed your, your pregnancy too early by having yeah, to pee? Yeah, I was like, oh, don't push too hard or the baby will come out. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a very different situation in that my wife has a bladder condition where she actually usually goes to the bathroom, I think, at the rate and frequency of a pregnant woman as it is. Oh. <laughs> so it really was almost like disguising. It was a good mask, I suppose, of like, oh, why is she going to the bathroom? Well, it's clearly dear to her chronic disease and not because... <laughs> there's a spawn inside of her. I mean, I also, I guess people aren't really like 
interrogating you about how often you pee like in no, general uh, i don't know there are certainly people out there who are that weird and that open to be like i noticed you went to the bathroom three times are you on one <laughs> are you doing do you know to what? do one <laughs> that's to do one yeah do a number one <laughs> yeah exactly on one. <laughs> oh my god that's yeah i don't know i feel like i'm the same way if i were to ever be pretty people be like well curse and bees seven times an hour anyway it's normal <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that's if that's the thing like listen don't worry more so about needing to hide the bump if you need to don't worry about the the bathroom habits i think mm -hmm. depending on who you are typically people won't necessarily question or at least they won't be as vocal about it to be like i was tracking your your pee usage here <laughs> yeah i can that's comfortably weird. say i've never ever noticed how often someone is going to the bathroom you truly I should start never. paying attention <laughs> i think you should stop paying attention <laughs> Pay even less attention. Pay even less attention than I already yeah. am. Yeah. Agreed. We also have this is the rare occasion where all of Mr. Peanut Butter's wives, uh, like and pre like previous and current, are all in one room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Katrina, Jessica Beale, and Diane. Yeah, I feel like Jessica Beale, I want to say, because it's been a while since I've rewatched mm -hmm. the show since this episode. It's been a while since we've seen her, right? Yeah, I don't I don't think we've seen her since they had like the flashback episode. Yeah, in the when... Starbucks. Yeah, to when Mr. Peanut Butter met Diane. And so we mm -hmm. saw a lot of her. There. I don't think we've seen her since then. Yeah, that's one where she keeps talking about her new friend, Justin. And I, lo yeah. I love it, though. I love it because allegedly Jessica Beale like, saw, I think, the first draft of these scripts. And she's like, I want you to go in on me harder. Oh, like, wow. continue to mock. Because, I mean, they really do mock the crap out of her to the point where you're like, how does she agree to do this? So. <laughs> Hopefully it makes people sleep at night a little bit better knowing that like not only does she sign off on this, she was actually actively pushing them to dig in on her more <laughs> as a B-list actress. What did they call her? Uh, they called Future her like Hard a, Jeopardy question. That was my Future favorite Hard line. Jeopardy <laughs> question. Uh, less famous Michelle Monaghan. Like these are, they they really said keep writing those one-liners. Yeah. Well, and like the, the other thing is, is like she is voicing herself. Like I, I think that if people really thought she had a problem with it, they should understand that like, she could just be like, no, yeah, I'm, not is, do is, I'm not doing it. <laughs> this isn't a live episode where she's like, oh, yes, I'm just, wait a minute. How what dare did you? you write about me? The script is just on a teleprompter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, no, I've been forbidden. I must read whatever has been put in front of me. Yeah, it's a real anchorman situation. <laughs> I did like, I mean, Mr. Peanut Butter, of course, is the master of like, is this blank because blank? And I, I, I appreciate Diane's attempt here to at repartee. It's obviously very dark, but like, I appreciate <laughs> what she's trying to do in the moment. Did you write it down, Mike? Yeah. So he says, are you, am I in Ithaca? Because you are looking gorgeous this evening. And Diane says, well, I must be in Nazi Germany because you're looking Nazi bad yourself. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is this yeah, a I, safe space to say i i don't know what mr peanut butter is talking about i think gorge i don't, gorge I don't know if it's, <laughs> I, well i don't i don't think it's i don't know if it's pronounced gorgeous but it's it's i believe it is like a place within ithaca this makes sense this fits yeah it like seems you, like there are a lot of gorges in ithaca based right. on a quick google search Ithaca, Ithaca of course, we're referring to Ithaca, New York, not Ithaca, like the ancient Greek Greece. city. <laughs> well, right, I'm, pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure Odysseus was from Ithaca. I think that's what he was trying to get back to. That is correct. Look at Lindsay just knowing stuff. Look at us with our Odyssey knowledge. Let's find out. Let's find out. 
Uh, and we did. And we did. And I do know things. Yeah, you're you're doing your PhD. You're a very smart lady. Ugh. I'll validate you anytime, okay? <laughs> Get your Prius. I will validate your parking. So this is where we do have Zach Braff is in this episode. We are famously an anti-Zach Braff podcast. Oh, so, interesting. Well, okay. at least for me anyways. I don't, I yeah. think Lindsay was pretty neutral on the matter. And I've just been like, no. Our entire experience was me confusing Zach Braff and Zach Efron and then going, oh, "Oh, Zach Braff, and then going, I have no opinion about this man. (laughs) I mean, first, they are completely opposites uh, in many typecasting ones. I forgot you confused Efron and Braff. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm fairly pro Zach Braff. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to to suggest this episode because I have my own personal links with Zach Braff. But Kirsten, re-litigate the the, the anti-Braff argument for me. So here's my problem with Zach. (laughs) First of all, I know lots of people love Scrubs, but I just like could not get through it. I think I watched two seasons and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I have to stop. So that's the first strike. The second strike is the movie Garden State, State, which is the worst movie I think I've ever seen. The only redeeming factor of the movie is the soundtrack because the shins are good. And I just hate it. I hate it so much. It was, the worst, it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. One of my friends is like, oh, you've never seen it? It's my favorite movie. We have to watch it. So we watched it. And then he's like, so what'd you think? And I'm like, it was the worst. Why do you like it? Like, why do you have a movie poster of this in your home? You would be open about people's pee habits then. You would like, you wouldn't <laughs> hold it in. I don't care about somebody's pee habits. And I probably would have never said anything to him about the garden state if he hadn't made me sit down and watch it with him. And then asked me what I thought. <laughs> like I had a friend once who was like shocked that I had never had like a white mocha from Starbucks and he worked at Starbucks and he was like, okay, I work tonight. When I finish work, I'm driving to your house. I'm bringing you a white mocha and you're going to drink it. And That's if you don't like it, commitment. you cannot tell me. He was like, I don't want to know if you don't like it, don't say anything. And he gave it to me. I took a sip and I didn't like it. And I was just like, oh, it's really good. Thanks, Fernando. And then we never talked about it again. And that was fine. <laughs> This person met you before? Of course you weren't going to like it. No, he literally, he brought me a free coffee beverage. I, it just was not for me personally, but to all who love the white mocha, like peace be with you. It's just not <laughs> for me. Good. And so like, I think this is the first time I've ever openly speaking out about not liking the white, the white mocha because he told me he didn't want to know if I didn't like it. So I just <laughs> never talked about it. Yeah, you just sort of like push it away in your head, right? Like a repressed memory of like, all right, well, if he won't remember it, then I won't either. We will never talk about it again. So it didn't exactly. exist. I'm surprised one of your points against Zac Efron is not his May-December romance with Florence Pugh. Oh yeah. Also, he's a gross old man dating a very, very young person. So you said Efron. Is it Braff or Efron who's dating this woman? Braff! Yeah, we're, no Braff. one's talking about Zac Efron! Mike just said Efron. <laughs> oh, I had him on the brain. It's I don't think lost he now did. 100% he did. We'll play it back on the tape. Yeah, yeah please put it in. I want you playing in slow motion. I was gonna say the same thing. I'm surprised one of your points against Zac Efron is not his May-December romance. The other thing too, like just like for the record, I feel like far be it from me to decide like what's appropriate in like a May-December romance. But like... It's just like, sometimes it's ucky, okay? Like these old men, they just like keep dating. Mm, it's gross. I, I trust Florence Pugh to make decisions that work for her. Yeah, I hope time. she's very happy, but also yeah. it's ucky. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway. So to be fair, it's tough to make arguments against what are very like subjective statements of yeah. uh, I was I was under torture and under duress when I was forced to watch. I just Garden so Garden State is just like it is the quintessential manic pixie dream girl movie. Yes. Literally nothing happens in the whole movie. It's all just about this frankly mediocre man like discovering that life is worth living based on being around a weirdo and it's just I I don't like it I it's just it's not for me and if if other people like it good for you I'm happy for you I admittedly haven't seen it in a long time and this I really it came out in what oh three so that was like back in my own tweendom when I was dating like a soon-to-be film student and was trying to become an artiste and trying to gain opinion of high pop culture. Mm-hmm. And so I was very much like, oh yes, I'm very much liking this. Also because I legitimately did enjoy Zach Braff. I do like Scrubs uh, and I enjoy Zach Braff on it as well. I'll admit like part of it, if we're coming from our own proclivities is, uh, listen, I resemble that crap in many ways. And look, to watch a guy with like a big nose and a long face and goofy, floofy hair be like relatively successful in sitcoms. Hey, you know what? I can't be terribly mad at that. I, I partially styled my hair off of okay, Zach Graff okay. from a certain perspective. All wow. throughout eighth grade, throughout high school, I slicked this sick mane back and of course it didn't go like I didn't look like you know Kaniki or anything because my hair is is floofy but it very much was in the Zach Braff style of like being very bouncy mm. so like essentially I, I I am realizing the more I talked about this I think I tried to live in this man's shadow for a good five years of my life well but like that I think is important context because a movie with someone that like you feel represents you in a lot of ways came out in your formative years and so I think it's an understandable that you would enjoy that versus me who watched it in like 2012 as like the person that I am it's a little different I think exactly. if you watched it again you might think differently about the oh absolutely oh 100 I think part of the reason why is because like I don't want that reverie to be broken from a certain <laughs> that's fair that's like- fair anyway I guess it's good to have the pro braff perspective <laughs> right sort of like but basically also me like us revealing I tried to single white females heck yeah. for, for a good portion of my life yeah. not bad well thankfully you found your own path uh, exactly now I'm gonna have people being like oh I wear my hair like you it's, it's- like oh <laughs> be the braff you wish to see in the world Zach Braff walked so you could fly Mike okay so we really straight off the but we were doing so well we were on one and now we're on. I can just jotting tell. down some timestamps. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay's like, why? I'm I'm in school. I mean, to be fair, listen, we're talking about the the beginning and end of Zach Braff on BoJack Horseman, right? Like he is a central part of this this episode. It's pretty big. <laughs> um, Garden State Corner. <laughs> we love Garden State Corner. We also have at one point, Mr. Peanut Butter is like, yeah, it's time to bring likability back into politics. Because that's all he has. He has no skills. Yeah. And like all of his pro fracking supporters are there. And then as he's doing his like toast to these people, his ears keep popping up because he's like, oh, oh, I love I that. Thought maybe there was an earthquake coming, but I guess we're fine. I feel like we don't do that a lot. I mean, maybe because we don't have a lot of like adverse weather conditions on the show because it takes place in LA, but I feel like we don't do a lot of, you know, animals, specifically dogs being the, the first to sense certain weather patterns. Mm. Well, and it's interesting that this is like the first earthquake. Because like they would they would at least experience like minor ones 
Or is this the first earthquake? Now I'm thinking maybe it's the second. Mm. I don't know. This is the first fracking related earthquake. I like also, he's like, maybe, oh, I'm the dog who cried earthquake. And then the earthquake happens. (laughs) Yeah. These like guests are all freaking out and screaming out the things that they regret. And Diane just goes like, I regret everything. Which is like very troubling for the state of Diane's well-being. Yes. The other one I do just want to cue up is the one man is like, I have an orgasm every time I sense a power shift and Mm -hmm. normally would be like, oh, whatever, we'll disregard it. But it comes up like multiple times over the episode. Yeah, literally. (laughs) I knew as I was saying it, what I was doing, but Uh, yeah. So we will bring that one up as well. I also liked the, it's like a dog. This, this woman is going to appear a bunch of times. She's going to one of our mainstay people being like, uh, I'm not famous enough to make the in memoriam segment. Oh, the the fox. She's a fox. She's a fox. Yes. Uh, I thought she was a dog too. I like (laughs) red with pointy ears. There are, listen, I've watched enough enough Bluey to know that there are red (laughs) dogs with pointy ears as well. Okay, well, maybe, you know what, if the the horse girls could write in and tell us (laughs) if they think it's a fox or a dog, that's what our listeners are called, horse girls. Yeah, the new new fan game, Fox or Dog. Fox or Dog. It did also also remind me how the uh, In Memoriam segments of the Oscars are like such weird, they're so weird in so many ways. (laughs) who is famous enough to make it, who isn't. And then there is the hierarchical process on top of the hierarchical process of like who gets more applause than whom during (sighs) that thing, right? Which is like, just feels wrong of like, well, it sucks that they all died, but this person dying was much worse than this person dying because we knew this person more than this other person. Mm -hmm. Very icky. Well, yeah, death only matters if you know the person, obviously. Like, that's a <laughs> just a normal stance. Listen, Ma- if the past years taught us anything, I oh, think that a lot of people might believe that. Oh, but they're not listening to Bojack Horsepot. I've scared them away. Yeah, we definitely alienated them a long time ago. We're a very pro-vax podcast. Pro-mask, pro-vax, <laughs> From baby. week one, we were talking about the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, it's we really have placed this podcast in a time and a place that is very mm-hmm. specific. My only experience, this is a very sad story, but oh. my only experience with like memorial type stuff is when I was in grade 11 like four people that went to my high school all died in the like fall semester like so it was really really sad but I was on the yearbook committee and so we had like the in memoriam page at the front of the yearbook and we were like should we save a second page in case anyone else died like we were at the point where we were like we were like is someone like is are more people gonna die like Mm. what the hell and then thankfully nobody else did no but but it's a legitimate question though i mean essentially mm -hmm. you were you were sort of like the graveyard people from that you were zach braff in garden state you were like how much real estate do i have to reserve should there be any more casualties like we were like well do we should we do we need to save a page like what what are we what do we cut to make another page if we need it but thankfully thank god we didn't need it but yeah (laughs) Oh, wait, was a real tragic year for Cold Lake Alberta, let me tell you. Yikes. Not good. Yeah, there's definitely, there's always a song, like, there is, we tragically had a, a guy pass away, like, one of my peers when I was, like, 13 or 14, and I just remember at his wake, they looped the the evanescent song, the, like, <gasps> the, when you cry, oh, oh, my, oh god. my god, but they looped it so if you attended like the memorial service and stayed like for the hour like you were if you were a legitimate human being i listened to that song at least 20 times in a row and so like now i can't hear that song it's my white mocha like i can't (laughs) hear it anymore without thinking about that very very well and you know what i 
thankfully question mark that's not a very great song so your <laughs> life is fine yeah that was very again very evocative of actually around the, the around the gordon state time mid mid aughts is what had happened so again very evocative of the times yeah that's brutal oh my god what well we just went down a dark path <laughs> but anyway so they have the earthquake and then it seems like everything's gonna be fine but boom there's a sinkhole and they are in the ground yeah instantly and mr peanut butter is like oh yeah, it's totally fine. Like everything's going to be great. And Jessica Biel's like, nope, we're going to have to set someone on fire for warmth. It's our only option. Yeah, she instantly wants to set a human on fire. Yeah, and Mr. Peanut Butter does not make it better by being like, that'll eat up the oxygen and who knows how much we even have down here. Oh, I love it. Paul F. Tompkins, just in general, man. It's like, God, I mean, everyone is perfectly cast for their roles in this, but Honestly, Paul F. Tompkins might do the best job because if you're thinking about like a human version of a golden retriever from a vocal perspective, it's got to be him, mm-hmm. right? Like he obviously doesn't look the part, but just the way he speaks is so, I don't know, positively tinged that he very mm-hmm. he's, he's the one that's able to deliver those types of lines that Lindsay just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, no, he's amazing. And Diane is like, just like taking this moment to finally scream at Mr. Peanut Butter, like this is your fault because you fracked under the house and now we're underground. And Mr. Peanut Butter's like, is this one of our sexy fights? And Kirsten is very happy that it's not. Thank God, because I just can't stand like the weird. Because this is the point, Mike, where they're like really viciously fighting about things, and then they like use that to fuel their sex. Yeah, like I they- was trying to remember. Did it was we we had the because I think it was like the season three finale, right, where they were like fighting, and then like it turns into this this sex romp or am it I was something else i i think they've kind of had that a little bit a couple of times like it's i feel like it's not actually new but they just like has only recently become like way more a thing but in the first couple episodes of season four they get into the argument about fracking which culminates in them like like diane like posting articles about mr peanut butter and then they like and then she breaks his world's best dog mug and they like have sex on the desk and she says frack that's, me mr yeah, peanut that's, butter that, that's the scene i was thinking of was like the, yeah. the, the heightened tension right where they're arguing with each other and then it yeah. just like dissolves yeah. into something else yeah, yeah and then they had in the gun episode thoughts and prayers they like went on tv to fight about women having guns and then we're having sex at the tv station as well so it's a thing and it's weird and i don't like it but so thank <laughs> god they're not doing that here i also i liked he's like at least we know no one is specifically at fault except yeah. andreas of course <laughs> of course and diane's like just storms out of there goes and finds bojack unintentionally he's been sitting with all the booze literally all the booze all of it he's like you can either either be mad at me or you can drink with me you can't do both and diane says watch me i also like how he's like okay i paid twenty thousand dollars to be here i will drink twenty thousand dollars worth of alcohol which I mean, this is a good amount, but also I think they established this well in like the first episode, how much more he needs to drink than anyone else to get to a similar level of insobriety, given that he is a horse. Mm-hmm. And ba- and again, based on like the horse body condition level, he's like a five. He's pretty <laughs> overweight. He's a 12 pounds. <laughs> yeah. We know, we know more about horses than we ever intended. But we also, so Princess Carolyn and Todd are at the pool house because I guess Todd lives there now, which I don't think we knew that, but yeah. good to know. Good to know. I'm glad he has a whole house right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where she was going to the uh, washroom. So it's nice that they have like, like the main house is fully trapped. They can't open a door. There's dirt all around them. But the pool house, they just like fell into a ant yeah, tunnel i guess it was weird yeah it was sort of like it almost falls into its own separate chasm yeah todd was taking a bath 
he was getting ready for the party, but then he realized <laughs> that the bath is the party. The bath is the party. Yeah. That is yeah, that's me. That's yeah. literally me. I have a note here, Kirsten. It says Kirsten's a big bath guy. <laughs> I am a big oh, bath guy. BBG. He <laughs> knows. <laughs> Uh, can you get can you get a tattoo of that bbg i don't think that matches like my current tattoo like aesthetic maybe like you it, could get it yeah, i feel like I, it goes more with you i think it could go like or at least printed across a bath bomb oh okay yeah that's uh maybe angela should get that one <laughs> angela is more of the bbg in our family I, I i enjoy it from a certain perspective but for me it's like i don't know i'm, I'm such like a, i gotta be i'm such a workaholic that i'm like any time spent down literally laying on the job is time i can be spent doing something else so let me yeah. go you know shower 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 time yes. efficient well but then if you take a bath you can read in the bath and then you're doing two things you're enriching your mind doing research yeah you could do research <laughs> research in the you tub. could get you could get like a trace you could have your laptop in the bath with you and like edit your interviews <laughs> i feel terrible. like doing research in the bath <laughs> is like what people who write those harlequin romance novels like imagine women do right of like she's a librarian <laughs> she edits while scantily clad in the bathtub like no <laughs> And what about it? Okay, let her live. <laughs> let her live. <laughs> oh, God. I also, okay, I also liked, Princess Carolyn says, sometimes life is like the second season of Friday Night Lights. You have to push through and hope there's better things ahead. <laughs> so I've never seen any of yeah. Friday Night Lights, but I really liked this line yeah. anyway. <laughs> Obviously, Lindsay and I haven't seen it. Mike, have you seen Friday Night Lights? Yeah, so I've seen parts of it. I'll be honest, I watched through parts of the second season and stopped because yeah, uh, it is not... push through. I should have listened. Mike. No, I didn't. If I followed PC's advice, I think I'd be much happier at the end of the day. But it's it's something I plan on going back and revisiting because yeah, it very much is like the it gets better. You just have to push through this one season where some people are killers and oh. uh, not a lot is focused on. Yeah, Kirk. Okay, Kirk's now like, I'm interested. Considering <laughs> the stuff that you regularly cover, I think you'd actually would enjoy Friday Night Lights season two more considerably than your average bear. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's also, I, I'm going to be a big Friday Night Lights guy because Akiva and Kyle Chandler are ops. So. Right, true. Mm. Oh, that's true. So you got to support the other dog in the fight. Yeah, got to yeah. support the other dog. And also like the favorite to win. Oh God. Okay. So then it flashes to day three and you're like, oh, okay. They have been underground just for days. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Is anyone looking for them? We don't know. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter is trying to convince everyone that like they're all famous celebrities. Surely someone will come rescue us, but and three he, days have passed. He is able to rally the troops. Like he's able to be, show at least an ounce of the leadership that they want him to be right. When he's like, oh, we'll put on a show. We'll have everyone tell monologues. For Who tales will from the be above the star? <laughs> everyone will be the star. You're the star. You're the star. <laughs> oh God. But oh yeah. they And they do their tales of the above, the above ground. Yeah. This is also, we see Zach Braff looking for his silver Prius. He spends a whole episode mm-hmm. looking to validate his parking and get his car. Like they really make him look like a whole clown who does not understand that he is underground at, at all. Like he, he, a, he missed it. He missed the earthquake in the sinkhole. It's not a flattering depiction. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or it's him being like desperate and like disillusioned at this point. Right. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I just need my Prius. I'm sure it's around here somewhere. Not realizing the, the severity of the situation. He's like, I'm a good person. And you, know that because i drive a prius <laughs> yes yeah katrina tells mr peanut butter to be the leader that she knows he can be and then the leader comes in 
Yes, we. It's the return of Woodchuck Kudchuck Berkowitz. He's Wood here. Charles. Wood Charles. <laughs> That's I. I just love that his name is Wood Charles. I know. Um, it's so funny, <laughs> and so. The, the rescue is taking longer than anticipated because a lot of government funds have been allocated to building a bridge to Hawaii, which, as we have previously discussed, is over 2,000 miles long. Not a great bridge solution. Not good. But since woodchucks are digging or burrowing creatures, he decided to come early to see if he could try and save anyone. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm with Diane here. I would not mm-hmm. have expected, like, I thought it would have been closer to a beaver given the nature of the name. I did not realize that, like, badgers, they were more so digging creatures. Yeah, I think just the, like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck? You're like, yeah, it's probably like a beaver. Yeah, but That's like- just a tongue twister, silly. But I guess the more I think about it, like woodchuck, like are they are they it like looks fading like back and throwing it? Like chucking it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks <laughs> like wood like woodchucks are much more like they're groundhogs. Groundhogs yeah. and woodchucks are the mm. same thing. Oh, they are oh. exactly. Yeah, the same. it says what is the difference between groundhogs and a woodchuck? There's no difference between a groundhog and a woodchuck. In <laughs> fact, the terms woodchuck and groundhog are interchangeable. Okay. So, Wait, he's what? a ground he's a groundhog. Okay. What? Next February second, I'm gonna wish you both oh, a happy woodchuck day. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say like, what what happened to the? I mean, I guess like I would say, oh, I feel bad for the woodchucks so they don't get their own day. Technically, they do, but they this do. is just their pseudonym. Yeah, woodchuck they, erasure. They have two names. <laughs> they're actually they're really cute. This is interesting though, because then could you reboot Groundhog Day, call it Woodchuck Week, but you could still <laughs> woodchuck use the, week the exact same script. Probably. When you type woodchuck into Google, it comes up as the, the Wikipedia article for Groundhog. So they don't even try um, to say that they're different things. So why are, they call, why are they called woodchucks then? Also known as a woodchuck. They, they don't chuck wood because they just dig holes mostly. And like farmers like murdered groundhogs maybe, a lot. Maybe more wood isn't like you find them in the woods. Well, yeah. maybe in the wood. There's a whole Wikipedia page for the answer to how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck <laughs> could chuck wood. And then they have a mathematical proof. Oh my God. And it's, okay, so it has like a bunch of math and it says, but if a woodchuck's woodchucks, woodchucks chucked by wood wouldn't chuck and being chucked, woodchucks would chuck negative wood. The conclusion, we are dealing with imaginary wood. Oh my God. So there's no answer. And this, they keep changing it when I change the Labrador article to say colonize instead of settle. They keep changing Uh, it, but they allow this to be a whole page. Actually, this is my, I should go back and and fix the. Is that your reminder (laughs) to do your Wikipedia uh, editing. Yeah. It's, it was colonized. They didn't settle, especially like Labrador is like a, like lots of indigenous people were there. So it's like, get out Important. of town. Groundhog is also referred to as a Chuck Woodshock, ground pig, whistle pig, whistler, thick wood badger. Ooh, I want to hear thick a whistle wood pig. Badger. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go for the thick wood, Mike. Yeah, right. That's what I was no, thinking. Thick too. wood badger. Oh, I, I've, I've heard that nickname in years. There's also Weenisk. Weenisk. Yeah, W E E N U S K. I thought Weenus was your elbow. That's <laughs> yeah, a little skin hanging off your elbow. Just imagine an animal made out of that, and that's oh, the Weenus. No, I think that's a naked mole rat. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. 100%. That's Rufus from Kim, Kim Possible. What is that? Super freaky thing. <laughs> so uh, naked mole rat. Why, why do I know the naked mole rap? I don't know. Why um, do I not know basic math? 
<laughs> Again, I think you have your priorities completely straight. That's the that's the right thing to know. Yeah, in fact, I, I rock my son every night singing to him the naked mole rap. And no, thing. you don't. Stop yeah. it. When I wear a mask while I do it with his face on it. Okay, mm-hmm. the lies, the lies and deceit. I was really excited for a second that that might be real. My mind is so legitimately blown that woodchucks and groundhogs are the same creature. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't expecting it when I looked it up. But yeah, so they're burrowing creatures that none of us would have known. First and but... foremost, this is an educational podcast. <laughs> we are journalists. <laughs> well, Mike literally is a journalist. <laughs> but, is. Yeah, um, but, not, but not of anything important, not biologically speaking. Well, now but, you can put this in and educate but... your readers. <laughs> yeah. my, first question. my first question to Zach Braff is going to be like, uh, hey, did you know woodchucks and groundhogs are the same thing? Great. Let's talk about the five years where I tried to emulate you in every part of my life. <laughs> not bad. Oh, my God. Okay. So... We also find out that this is our Diana and Bojack have been drinking for literally three days. So like they're not doing well. I can't imagine how my, I would have such a rumbly tummy if I drank (laughs) for three days straight. It's true. Like later on in the episode, we're going to see all this stuff about rationing and like who's eating what. And it seems like Diane and Bojack are just drinking and have not eaten anything. It is weird though. Because from that perspective, like we really haven't seen anybody eat for three Mm -hmm. days. I'm just confused as to why... What was going on in those first three days? Were they just like subsisting on their own ego? They were probably <laughs> on drugs, on mm, one. They're on one. We also, this is where, okay, Woodchuck says, I put politics aside to save you. Mm-hmm. And they all, they decide to do some classic hip hip hoorays like everyone would do. And he's like begging them not to because any sound could really like damage the the ground around them, which has been destroyed by fracking, but they, they go for a fourth, an unprecedented fourth hip hip hooray, <laughs> and that collapses the tunnel and crushes Woodchuck Kudjuk Berkowitz's hands. Yeah, he's not going to be able to dig them back out because his hands are destroyed. Oh, it's not, it's not good. No, I, I will say this episode also, I think, counters probably my least favorite style of movie, which is like the survival horror yeah or survivor slash horror film like again it's not good never it stokes my anxiety in a really bad way to have people like in trapped in unlivable inescapable situations but like bojack horseman uh, has some levity to it Mm -hmm. so like maybe that's another reason why i was drawn to talking about this episode (laughs) yeah like they couldn't do this if it was a live action show it'd be way too dark but they can do it because it's cartoon animals yeah they could have a man's or woodchuck's hands get fully crushed and mangled by rocks (laughs) That's all. Again, with the Grey's Anatomy crossover, last week I watched an episode where a man's hand got caught in a meat grinder. Good God. And they actually reconstructed his hand. They just took apart the meat grinder to get all the pieces and they were able to salvage some fingers. It was one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. I feel like Mike has got a little bit of the like Mountain of Madness thing from The Simpsons as well, where that's also a very strong episode. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's not one I've seen. Thank yeah. you. Um, I'll watch. <laughs> that I should I just... do every time you bring up Grey's Anatomy <laughs> or Desperate Housewives. Well, no, but I'm just like, I feel like I'm not in on the joke. And if you could explain it to me, that would be cool. But like, I guess I could also just watch the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, it's better to just give you an excuse to watch a classic episode of The Simpsons. So I, like what I told it? Lindsay, I'll, I'll watch any episode of The Simpsons she tells me to watch, but I'm oh not going to like seek out other episodes of The Simpsons. I wasn't okay. allowed to watch it as a kid. So my experience is... Very limited. I mostly only remember the episode where Marge gets the Chanel suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Scenes That's from the it. class struggle. 
Yeah, that's a, that's actually that's not a great episode not by my classic favorite. standards. So yeah, you, you kind of got in on the on the low end of things. It it really stuck with me. I don't know why. I just really did. So we do get a Princess Carolyn and Todd update as well. They have been walking for three days. They have not encountered anyone, but they encounter a bunch of like worker ants. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. We also find out along the way as they're walking that Princess Carolyn has held on to her old apartment, even though she now Mm -hmm. lives with Ralph. And she's like, oh, yeah, I kept it like just in case with Todd asking her, like, just in case what? She's like, oh, you know, just like very sad that she doesn't have faith in this relationship, really. Well, I mean, considering, though, where she came from, right, this like on again, off again thing Mm -hmm. with Bojack, where she constantly felt like she was being surprised by being dumped. I could imagine why she was calcified at this point to be like, yeah. I gotta be prepared for the worst to happen at all times. Cause for me, it usually does. Yeah, totally. Totally understandable, but very sad. I do feel bad for Todd as well. Having to walk around assumingly naked with just a <laughs> towel for a week yes. and a half. The well, but like, time. They had the whole guest house. He, I'm sure he had clothes he could have put on. He chose to go in the towel, like, a, nude, like a weird nudist. Yeah. Do not have clothes, like even if it's just that part of it, like the bathroom. Did he not have any clothes in there? I don't know. I'm sure, but I'm certain that he had access to clothes and he made the specific mm-hmm. choice not to put them on, which is honestly very strange to me. But I did, I did enjoy that Todd's Latin Kings tattoo has been updated to just say LA Kings now. <laughs> yeah, like the which I think is a, is a hockey team, right? Yes, yes, yes. But I, I got that hockey knowledge, baby. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Like, that's what I go to you for. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everyone should come to me for my hockey opinions. They're really well-informed and Very I know strong. a lot, okay? But I mean, if it's like a team, if, if, is this a hockey team? I could I could tell you, is mm-hmm. this or is this not a hockey team? <laughs> that's all I got too. It's like, yeah, give me the city. I'll tell you the name of the team and I can tell you nothing else. Do you want to join me in becoming a Kraken stan? No. <laughs> Chappelle, Chappelle's going to be one too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I gave up on hockey because the Canucks hurt me too many times. But then now mm. this is a new fresh slate and then the Canucks beat them. And I was like, I got to go. This I can't win. Yeah, no, I just don't care about sports. It's my That's religion. Fair. You're just so <laughs> cool. Like, whatever. Wow. Don't Lindsay even have is like such your... a coastal elite. Such a coastal elite. <laughs> you got your hockey sports are beneath me. <laughs> you got your bath time research. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any anyway, I don't know what that was about but anyway Lindsay you know I love you yes always <laughs> and technically I think I live on like a coastier coast because I'm on an island oh what is the coastier coast I like this idea <laughs> definitely where Kirsten Kirsten's on an island and like in like, her bathtub <laughs> I'm on an I'm on a literal island Mm-hmm. So like there's more, there's coast around the whole place where like mm-hmm. Lindsay is like by the coast, but she's connected to like all of the landlocked Oh, stuff. so that's interesting. I never even thought about it. if you're living on an island, you are like a hundred percent coastal. hundred yeah. percent coastal. Everything around you is a coast. It's coast a coastier coast. <laughs> the coastiest coast of all like no matter what direction i walk in if i walked to the end of the island i would get to the ocean checks out it's <laughs> the coastier the coast <laughs> oh my god okay but so the ants mm-hmm. they're very excited because they hear that princess carolyn is a princess and maybe can help them yeah they hear she's a princess but then they hear she's a manager i mean of course get a, a fun little manager agent you know mix up mm-hmm. thing but they say oh if you're a manager then actually you can help us even more now the, the ants take princess carolyn and todd away and then we flash to it's day four now mm-hmm. and Woodchuck has taken charge and has got things running smoothly. People have stations, people have responsibilities, rations are going out. 
it's going well. Yeah. I liked the moment here where we've had a few good pinky moments here where he talks about the shows that he has greenlit. There's one here where he's like, like, I know about the foundation being crappy because I bought a show called Frack Shack, which is new which girl is meets fracking. Yes. Should we do a podcast about it? We should do a crossover <laughs> with NGOG. There you go. I, yeah, I don't think that show would be very good. <laughs> probably not. Controversial. Certainly controversial. Well, I mean, you know, the Fox would probably put fracking in a positive light. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this woodchuck taking control of things. Katrina doesn't like this one bit because it takes away from Mr. Peanut Butter's leadership. Exactly. Yes. And so she starts stirring the pot to get Mr. Peanut Butter back in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Bef- before we get like the whole mob, we do just have a situation with Diane and Bojack where basically like she's sad. She's wondering why she can't ever be happy. This is a this is a, a sad thing though because I feel like we don't get a we don't even get a lot of Diane crying I think throughout her time in BoJack and like her having a legitimate emotional breakdown here is mm-hmm. especially her asking like what why can't I be happy am I busted like yeah. such brutal truth now granted I think the way Allison Brie delivers it is not exactly the most like dramatic but it still is like if you read the text back it's rough well but that's it's almost more dramatic because it's like said in such a kind of like oh my god like am i am i like it's like facing a realization it's not like for a dramatic effect but this is it's another thing like we've discussed a lot how they really don't know what to do with the character of diane they don't know how to utilize her they don't do a great job of like giving her her own stuff (laughs) and so recently there's been a lot of her being like sad and unhappy in her marriage and this is like one of the first examples I can think of of it being like oh Diane has like got shit going on mm-hmm. yeah I think they're actually starting to dive into her mental health like they've done so much with Bojax now they're starting to dig into hers a little bit mm-hmm. and like to hear her say like I'm just a pit that good things fall into like yeah. this is this is big for her and I'm, and I'm happy about that because like like you said I mean the way she was initially set up as sort of like this odd pseudo romantic figure mm-hmm. in Bojack's life didn't necessarily build her out as her own character. Yeah. And especially with that whole storyline, right, of her, right, this has already happened in Bojack where she was going to send, sent out to report on that country yeah. that I'm forgetting about. And then she, came Nova. Yeah. yeah. So like a uh, uh, Genovia or whatever, where they're like, <laughs> they're clearly, uh, they're clearly, I think now poking at how, while she may have been built initially as like the straight man of the show, right? Like the most normal person that she is fundamentally broken as well. And like you said, it gives her an opportunity and Allison Bray some opportunities to like do some some deep stuff that a lot of the other characters get to do. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a good opportunity, even if it might be a little too little too late. Yeah, I feel like it's it's also contrasted because Diana asks if Bojack is okay. And obviously, like, he's had a rough couple of years. He mentioned Sarah Lynn dying and Herb Kazaz dying. And Diana has to be like, uh, also, Corduroy died too. Um, like, <laughs> it's like, who? He literally, a death that he's just forgotten about, um, mm-hmm. who obviously was the autoerotic asphyxiation guy on the set of Secretariat. But it's then it, it gets light because Diana just goes, you got daughter? ruh row. ruh <laughs> What are you you doing? (laughs) Yeah, rough. Uh, Pun. Anyway, yeah, Bojack has a surprisingly good moment where he says, like, you shouldn't feel bad about feeling bad. Yeah, he's Uh, using Hollyhock's eight dads' advice. Exactly. He literally was like, what do your dad say when you cry? And then parroted it back at her. Mm -hmm. It's like the classic Bojack. If someone says anything remotely intelligent to him, 
Mm-hmm. And he takes it on and uses it. Yeah, he initially also, is like, that's nonsense, but then he uses it later. But also incredibly relatable in that he is able to suggest sage wisdom to somebody else, but not be able to apply yeah. it to himself whatsoever. Well, right? and that's every, we all do that. Yeah. That's the thing is that it does feel relatable in that regard. And this is where we also get that line that I mentioned before, where he said, you know, he didn't want to talk to Diane because he wanted to show her a better version of himself. But he says, even if I did get better, the best I could be is just some other version of me, which is, you know, it's, it's sobering quite literally, but like, again, very almost self-affirming from Bojack's perspective of like, yeah, I can only, you know, I can go from a one to a three, but I pretty much peak at a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable when she like snuggles up beside him and is like, you're the only thing that makes sense to me. It's like, uh, it's, that, this man's really bad for you, though. Yeah, it's tough, though, because I could say there might be like, I think any other type of show would tease that as like, OK, maybe there is a, a romance being yeah. kindled. What I do appreciate about BoJack Horseman is pretty much after season one, they ditch that. Right. They're just yeah. like, we're getting rid of this. They're friends. They're really good friends. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do why I agree, Lindsay, I think on the surface, you might look at that as a bit ooky. I think you look at their circumstances and I think it's less charged than maybe you might mm-hmm. have saying, look what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to tease us along for the umpteenth time. Yeah, no, I think that's very yeah. fair. And also like they're bad for each other. So yeah. they should not be in each other's lives at all. But Diane gives good advice about getting a mutual agreement with an adoption agency and maybe being able to find a Hollyhock's mom that way because she had an adopted brother and also hoped that she was adopted. Mm-hmm. There is a good moment here too that I, I just want to flag. Because like Diane wakes up and she's like, hey, did you know that I can juggle? And then when she actually started juggling the bottles, I died. Like, oh my God. That's why you have to juggle soft objects only. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you yeah, work your way mean, up. She managed it even with these not soft objects. It, like, oh my Wild. God, it killed me. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if she can only juggle when she's drunk though. Maybe. Oh, interesting. Drunk party trick. I can never juggle can either of you juggle no No. absolutely not i i think i learned at one point in time like there probably was that fifth grade circus unit that you experienced in (laughs) in elementary school right where like wait wait, sometimes during your phd you do a whole (laughs) unit on the circus well not like the circus but doing things like being on the balance board and like juggling Mm. like they're certainly in my gym class i would love to hear class yeah, no, we didn't get as far as unicycle because we were 10 year olds <laughs> and I don't know if the insurance could cover that, but we were doing certain circus like circus adjacent activities, mm-hmm. I would say. Not me. Lindsay, yeah. did you do the circus unit? Definitely not. We did a lot of stuff with like throwing bean bags at things and those, remember those <laughs> little, uh, Remember those little carts, like the little scooter things? Oh, yeah, like, like destroying <laughs> your fingers and like almost dying on those little scooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a yeah. lot of that too. Mm-hmm. We had at one point, actually, when we were really young, they flipped over like the benches to have us walk on like the narrow bottom part of the yeah. bench, like as like an even harder balance beam. And someone fell yes. off and broke their collarbone. So oh, it didn't go boy. great. Maybe there's a reason why the skinny parts on the bottom of the bench. Maybe don't make like small children who don't have like full use of their body. You do the tiny balance because that that was like grade one, like we were like six. I do think in retrospect, (laughs) elementary school gym class is pretty jank. Of like, mm-hmm. hey, let's put these young kids through all these random activities. Like they throw balls at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have that parachute thing? Oh, the yeah. parachute thing's the best part of yeah, anything ever. Awesome. I would do that now. Like, if oh, we yeah. could get the parachute and do it at, like, the next live, like, RHAP event, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm sold. And everyone would love it. Yeah. 
That was, I tried. Mic? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we actually still do it. Asher goes to, to gymnastics class and he just played with that. it the other day. He loves Amazing. it. That's yeah. when I, does. um, when I was a like resident advisor, I like kept trying to petition for us to buy one of those parachutes for the university. <laughs> I was like, the, I was like the university students will literally love this. They will mm-hmm. all show up if we have this out, like it will be our most successful event and nobody listened to me and they wouldn't buy it, but I stand by it. I think it would have been really successful. It would have been good. I was like, people like coming for free food and they like doing shit they did when they were kids, but yeah. as adults. Yep. yep. That yep. is, that is like right. Checking all the boxes. I guarantee <laughs> people would be like, whoa, the parachute. Right? Let's get in. Like, oh, let's, let's try and smoke some weed under it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, people would be like hooking up under the parachute. <laughs> you know what? And live your life as long as you're two consenting adults. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So mm, we also get, so we find out that the worker ants, have basically chosen Princess Carolyn to represent them as their manager, I guess. And what they want is they want to be able to have sex with the drones because <laughs> the like queen... Antonia. Queen Antonia has some very sexy drone. And then obviously, as Mike mentioned, Queen Antonia is voiced by RuPaul. So yeah, I would love to hear both of your respective backgrounds on RuPaul, either like from a drag race perspective or just like RuPaul in general. Okay, so I knew I knew about like RuPaul as a, like a concept of a person because my family used to play a lot of Trivial Pursuit, and she was like the answer to a couple of like questions huh. in like eighties Trivial Pursuit. So I like knew RuPaul existed. Is that gonna be like Jessica Biel like ten years from now? <laughs> Maybe. Oh my question. god, future hard Trivial Pursuit question. But then with regards to Drag Race, I started watching during season seven of Drag Race, and then went back and watched it all, and then but now. I've honestly kind of fallen off of Drag Race, uh, but I like to binge it. So I'll just like go back and binge like three seasons that I haven't watched and then live my life that way. But I've watched a lot of Drag Race. I haven't, I don't think I've watched anything else. Like I've seen Rue do like cameos. Mm-hmm. Like strongest- they did a cameo in uh, Two Broke Girls. <laughs> <laughs> my strongest awareness of RuPaul is that, so I've seen like a couple episodes of Drag Race, very little. My sister Hazel though, obsessed with drag race to the point where there's like a certain point in the evening after probably not anymore but definitely there was a time where it was like after a certain point you just can't really get a hold of her it's like hey like do you want to have like a phone date or something like should we talk for a little bit and she's like no sorry I'm already like in bed watching RuPaul and eating chips like (laughs) the night is over Uh, when do I get to hang out with Hazel because truly she sounds like my kind of people the two of you would get along famously (laughs) oh I can't wait out in bed eating chips yeah, you're always saying stuff, and she's like, "Oh my God, Kirsten is me." I'm always sitting in bed eating oh, chips, watching could TV. This, could this be a real woodchuck groundhog situation between Kirsten oh, and Hazel? Yeah, could I'm be. secretly Lindsay's sister. You're the West Coast version of Hazel. What's the coastal elite version? Not the coastal elite. I mean, East Coast is still a coast. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, but yeah. is it? But it's but you have the coastiest coast. I, I do coast. have the coastiest coast. <laughs> Okay, we also get so like there's a whole mob happens at the house where Woodchuck says leadership means sometimes being the bad guy because people are like not trying to like specifically Bojack is trying not to follow rationing. And then it's like Katrina's like, did you hear that? Woodchuck's a bad guy. And then (laughs) 
he's like, I implore you not to fall into mob mentality. And then they're instantly like, he called us a mob. Let's kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I, it's this stupid stuff that I love on Bojack Horseman, right? We're just like, mm-hmm. it's the thing. And even like the entire thing, just again, it's a very much a Simpsons thing, Lindsay, right? I'm thinking yeah. about like Ray Patterson, right? Of uh, a smart person tries to come in and the dumb people just shout him down of <laughs> like, oh, Mr. Peanut Butter, point to Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, oh, I didn't realize there were points. Okay, maybe I should get a point. Ah, asking for points or any negative <laughs> points it's just that yeah. stupid logic that delights me to no end oh it's perfection i love it so much and then like mr peanut butter being like his political opinions are as broken as his hands and then the fox dog being like that is convincing he does have broken hands <laughs> i mean he does have broken hands he does specifically because he tried to save you all and mm-hmm. you cheered until he couldn't save you anymore and so congratulations idiots <laughs> I also love the, this is actually, I think, one of those really great BoJack lines that I think plays really well, the more you think about it, of, you know, we need, maybe an outsider should take over. An outsider like me, the guys who, the guy whose house it is. It works <laughs> at a number of levels, also considering that, like, what Mr. Peanut Butter's gu- gubernatorial candidacy might remind you of from a political perspective, yes. right? This idea of, like, I'm an outsider, even though technically I am the one I hate these doing, with, people. making a lot of dealings with the very people that you're opposing at this moment. Uh-huh. Literally. Literally. So they tie him up to the ceiling fan, which yeah. is just messed up, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mr. Peanut Butter tells everyone they can eat and drink whatever they want. Cut to three days later, it's day seven, and there is no food left, and everyone is starving. Mm-hmm. Jessica Beale briefly looks at the lobster man, clearly considering eating that guy. Switches to Mr. Peanut Butter. But Zach Braff intervenes. But he has well, yeah, peanut butter lo- in his name. Right. Yes. That's what the lobster guy argues, right? Like, well, his yes. name is peanut butter. Yes. And they're like, that's a good point. Let's eat him. But so Zach Braff does a little a classic monologue, which mm-hmm. I, I wrote none of it down. Do either of you care about what he actually said? <laughs> but he's known, he says, I'm known for giving monologues that tie things up at the end of the show. And I drive a Prius, which means I'm a good person. <laughs> That's about as that's as much. Yeah, as and I think he talks about like let's not surrender to our base instincts, but he gets interrupted by Jessica Biel setting him on fire. Yeah, she straight up murders him. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we think she'll face consequences for this? Like, did no. she? And she says they're never going to talk about it again when they get back. That is true. Yeah, that's true. So now fire is their new god, and at mm-hmm. this point, Katrina's like, you know what? I'm with them. I'm I'm siding with the fire now. Yeah, the tide has turned, just, and I just love cutting to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right the tide is turned yeah, yeah like, and he me. just has an orgasm of course uh-huh. so they uh, take mr peanut butter and they're like take him to his spot and make him stay love some dog humor and yes. i love mr peanut butter going no listen to reason this time this time yeah yeah um, this time this is a good part we got a question on twitter mike where ariel asks mike do you think zach braff would taste better or worse than the snake that you ate Oh, that's a good question. So let's provide some background here for people that are not in the know. I had the pleasure of guest hosting on coverage of, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on post-show recaps. And there was a scene where two characters went to like this exotic, like Eastern Asian town called Madripoor where anything goes and like crime is legal. Crime is legal? There is no crime. It's the purge. It's the purge. The purge works. Where essentially it's just like where all the shady people go to do business. And there's a scene where somebody like downed like snake gonads with their drink or something. It's a typical like gross out scene. (laughs) But 
there was a character that was revealed like, oh, you don't want to, you know, betray the power broker who was like this mysterious shady character. And it was being set up for this one character, but I'm like, no way. That would be incredibly stupid and nonsensical. If this person is the power broker, I will eat a snake. <laughs> Three episodes later, that person was the power broker. So I ordered some Python jerky online and oh. on the podcast, I ate the Python jerky. That being said, the snake would taste much better than Zach Braff. Because, like, <laughs> well, but I mean, I think that there's a conversation to be had where, like, the human flesh would be more like eating like a cow or other mammal that you probably eat on like a normal basis. Yeah, but the seasoning and flavors mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily be there. Like the the eating. Yeah, it would snake, just be charred, right? Yeah, like I can't <laughs> I can't really separate the feeling of eating a snake from like the experience I had, which was. It was a snake jerky, so it was like it was cured, right? It, it had like teriyaki mm. flavors on it. Like it, it, ta- it tasted fine to me because it was jerky. If it was charred man flesh, especially <laughs> if someone who I attempted to live my life as yeah. for a mm. portion of my life, like that would be a moral and uh, delectable. You know, maybe if you ate a part of Zach Braff, you'd be more like him because you'd have some of him literally inside in his essence. Yeah, for like a little bit, you know. <laughs> Oh I don't know how much gets, gets absorbed and how much ends up just becoming waste at the end of it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, but you can never take it back once you do the cannibalism thing. So mm-hmm. That's very true. Okay, so we also have Mr. Peanut Butter gets locked in the room where Bojack and Diane are and is like, they're going to eat me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What is going on out there? And then Diane and Bojack are pulled out of their hiding place because the prisoner has to be alone. Mm-hmm. I lo- again these are the lines that PFT only PFT can deliver so well where she sincerely says my only hope is the meat of Zach Braff proves lasting but I fear by daybreak there will be no Braff meat left I died at that line I also wrote that down it's so the term Braff meat is braff just like meat. so poetic perfection and he says it so earnestly it's so good it's so aki <laughs> we also in this moment we do cut to bojack telling diane that the secret to being happy is just to pretend to be happy and eventually you'll forget you're pretending and she's like yeah actually checks out but i do also think it's a thing where a lot of the times if you are quote unquote pretending to be happy it's actually it's actually you're just like making a decision that you're going to be happy and like or when like, you're not clinically depressed you have a little bit more control of your mood in that way or it's um, just like toxic positivity right or it's, yeah, like good or, vibes or, only. Or it's this idea of not good you, vibes only Ew. If, you, if yeah. you pretend to laugh long enough you'll actually end up laughing also yeah. concerning bojack's pov right like he is an actor so mm-hmm. he is conditioned is just pretend to be something and people will like it so i'd imagine that is the perspective he walks in with you know it's almost like juggling you're juggling three (laughs) balls for a while if you drop one juggling two will be a lot easier you'll be none the wiser i also would also argue he doesn't do a great job of pretending to be happy yeah i don't think he's ever actually (laughs) tried to follow this advice yeah (laughs) i think it's like the the running from seasons two to three right like Mm -hmm. uh, as that monkey says it it, you know it it feels good but you have to put in the work and he will initially then he'll eventually give up after a little while that's the bojack way this is where as well so we they're about to burn mr peanut butter at like literally at the stake like they built a whole like pyre to Mm -hmm. burn him at and Diane gets the great idea that they're underground. There's water underground. And so if they dig, they'll find water. Mm-hmm. Because they're because they're really they're 10 days hungover at this point. Yeah, they're yeah. like not doing well. They do they do need water desperately, but they dig and they do get water, and it's because they hit a pipe. So the house starts flooding, and everyone's like, okay, well, now water is our new god. So Mr. Peanut I, Butter is saved. 
I yes. love that. I, I love the logic, right? Very, very much out of Pokemon or out of endurance of like, <laughs> well, water conquers fire. So water is our new God. I yeah. loved when Woodchuck is trying to make them not go for that pipe. <laughs> They're like, quiet, Sky Rodent. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of a Sky Rodent in that yes. situation. Yeah, it's still um, just not like spinning around above them. We also get a scene where Princess Carolyn is like doing the negotiations with Queen Antonia. Yeah, I will say, so I know it was built up. I remember going into season four that RuPaul would be doing a voice. And obviously, like like you said, she's done cameos beforehand. The one that I always remembered was the one when she played Jan's guidance counselor in the Brady Bunch movie. So like RuPaul has always made cameos here and, here and there. Acting is, is not necessarily a weakness on RuPaul's part. I think I was surprised ultimately, though, with how small pun unintended considering ants the part was like RuPaul was in two scenes and that's it yeah surprises me and they were short scenes too like there wasn't a lot I think that they were probably like okay we can get Ru for 20 minutes so what can we do that's honestly what it kind of seemed like well like I know you're filming drag race right now come to like come to studio city record for half an hour and then go that that's kind of what it felt like which is a little disappointing yeah, it is disappointing, but they get an agreement that they get one night of an orgy basically mm-hmm. with the drones. So that's, you know what, that's exciting. And then they get sidetracked talking about all the other surface people who have come down with Mr. Peanut Butter's house and the mm-hmm. ants get very upset about the gentrification of the underground. <laughs> well, I should also mention here, I do wonder, obviously RuPaul's a get, do you think they've purposely planned out though RuPaul appears on an episode where a house yeah, massively <laughs> suffers from fracking because that just seems too good to be true. This right? this was before we knew that RuPaul was fracking. But is this like the- <laughs> It's a the coincidence. Han- but is this, like the Hannibal, is this like the Hannibal Burris, Bill Cosby thing where like somebody knew in that writer's room and wanted to hint towards it and we just I didn't really, know? I don't think it came up until maybe 2019 in an interview that RuPaul's fracking. Yeah, that's just wild to like- incredibly coincidental it's like wild. you can't even write it but yes as as we mentioned when the great grace leader was on during season mm-hmm. one i think she end was of there. season two and end of season two it all blurs together yeah, that horrible yes, penny episode rupaul do be fracking so yeah but so they're mad about the gentrification they're like we're gonna take care of this how can we enjoy sex if we're stressed about gentrification which like honestly <laughs> you enough. know what fair good point <laughs> Yeah. Um, Next thing you know, there's going to be a Whole Foods down here. <laughs> and a Starbucks. Yes. Next thing you know, it's day 10 and the house is almost full of water. They are <laughs> like about to all drown underwater in this house, which is one of the a really bad way to die, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, in one of the worst in my opinion. One of the yeah. worst, but... Just in the nick of time, the ants save everyone by pushing the house above ground. Although there's still a massive pipe leaking under there. So like that's going to also need some some fixing. But also like the whole house gets destroyed. So I guess they're going to have a lot of construction going on there. Mm-hmm. They have this woman walking by wearing the Todd outfit. And she's like, oh, what an eyesore. I'm the- reporting this to the HOA. Yes. I laugh so hard. Have you ever <laughs> had to deal with like an HOA, Mike? No, so we just moved to this area. This is really the first opportunity I've had to deal with an HOA because we've lived in apartments since this. We moved here last summer and we haven't dealt with it firsthand. We certainly have like a neighborhood watch person, but we have yet to deal with any specific requests from the HOA perspective. Though okay. I've, I think I think it's actually a recent Twitter trend that people were telling horror stories about their HOA as of late. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a forever trend. I think HOAs are bad. So at the end of the episode, Diane tells Mr. Peanut Butter that he is the best thing that has ever happened to her. Her, And if he's really serious about being governor, he she will support him. And he says, I don't want to be governor. I just want people to like me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Bojack suggests they all go to eat and get Ethiopian. Which by the way, like when I was in university, I went for Ethiopian every Friday. So this uh, yeah. held up for me that Injera, very good. Kirsten, imagine being it. so, <laughs> imagine being so classy. I was eating Domino's pizza. <laughs> this was probably cheaper, honestly. How, how was the sponge bread? I love it. I think it's really good, but a lot of people do not care for it. It's Why? like, a, it's got like a, almost like a sour quality to it. If you eat it kind of by itself, but if you eat it with the stuff you're supposed to be eating it with it kind of yeah, yeah, but also it, everyone's like addicted to sourdough so why are they complaining good point yeah yeah is it isn't it it's supposed to be one of the things that you like rip off a piece of the injera and you and you dip it right is that you use it to like it? scoop up food with it yeah yeah okay yeah. i mean i can get behind using bread to scoop up other foods it just mm-hmm. it depends on it. it just can't be too gloopy yeah i don't think you'd like the texture okay the spongy well. quality Mm, yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it now. It looks like a more porous pancake. Exactly. Okay, but like, I'm not opposed. <laughs> okay, actually, no. It's enough. Enough is enough. So they're gonna go for <laughs> Ethiopian, and that's it. That's the episode. It's over. Yes, that's it. Yes. We have some feedback about this episode before we move on. Hell yeah, Sarah would like to know how would you do in a big crisis like your house falling into the earth and trapping you? I would like to instantly die. Yeah, I would be a disaster. I would not be inspirational in this situation. I would just be complaining a lot and immediately catastrophizing. They'd probably set me on fire. Well, be you, or would you be the one setting people on fire? Like, would no, you I, pull Jessica Beale? No, I think people would go Jessica Beale on me. Oh, interesting. Because you were oh. so whiny that people yeah. would be like, let's get rid of her. Yeah, like you, we have to make the complaining stop. <laughs> I, okay, to be honest, I actually tend to do pretty well in like crisis type situations. Like a lot of people have different responses of like, if you freeze or you like leap into like, to action. Kind of, I normally leap into action. Like I'll freak out mm. after it's over kind of thing is, is yeah. more what I'm like. So I actually think I would, I would probably be more like the woodchuck and like trying to set up a system and make things work. And then maybe the mob would turn against me. I think I would do okay if I was given a job, like the food manager job that Mr. Peanut Butter got, like that would help me out if I had a task, but like, see that, see that, I would give you a task. Yeah. Yeah. So we do all together. Yeah. I'd be much more of the Mr. Peanut Butter style of like, I just want everyone to be happy. It's tough (laughs) in a survival situation when people are going to be anything but, but I would very much be like, just give me a job and I'll do my thing. I have no jockeying for leadership. I have no orgasms to cause today. (laughs) Just like put me in my place. Tell me what to do. I'll trust the people above me. I could see you organizing a, some sort of improv festival or like I could have everyone, everyone tell their story. You'll be the star and you'll be the star. Yeah. I could see that. Title of this review says not a Canadian. Sorry. Oh, well, you know what? You, you're spiritually Canadian. That, you no, apologize. I was going to say a Canadian would apologize. So I think True. they might be disguising themselves. This is from, I don't know how to pronounce this person's username, but that's spell all right. It, spell it for us. It's Killa Dijundi. Okay. I don't know how to say it either. We'll go with that. Yep. Okay. Sorry super fun for, podcast. Yeah. Sorry for butchering it. If you have a name you'd like us to call you, just let us know. Yes. Let us know. And we'll correct the record. Uh, super fun podcast. Love to hear a woman led podcast talking about my favorite show while at work. These two make me feel like I'm recapping episodes with my friends. Super Aww. fun to hear all the tangents. Yes. This <laughs> is the only, this is the only podcast where people like the tangents. I've I never gotten complimented on this before. And I feel like it is going to make people hate my other podcasts because I will continue <laughs> to be like this. And then they also add, 
edited to add also Vincent Adultman is an adult and that is a hill I will die on no, no he's, <laughs> he's two children stacked in a trench coat this is a no. hill they will die on Kirsten Kirsten he is a full-grown man with a broom for a hand okay no. <laughs> let him live oh my god <laughs> oh god you know what we got the five-star review so I guess I'll have to accept your strange opinion on Vincent Adultman <laughs> Let me. What was going on in those Twitter streets? I we I already asked Mike that question because I was like thinking ahead and knew to bring it up at the right moment in time because I'm a <laughs> professional. Oh, I also I posted a picture of the diary, like the, the royal diaries, the royal diaries books, and said, "Thank God we don't have a Patreon because this is what we would spend the money on." And guess what? We got some fans who also liked those books. So good, Mike. I, we discovered. I, yeah, I heard I was I was listening to your, your previous episode uh release before coming on here. I've never heard of these books before. In my life. <laughs> I think they're a girl thing. But it sounds But they like, also might be a Canadian girl thing. Yeah, it sounds almost like a novelization of like American girl doll stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this like these people also wrote like what were those other books, Kirsten? It was like uh, like Letters from America. Letters from America, uh, something, something like, like that. that. Letters yeah. from America. Some, I don't something know. like that. Dear America. Dear America. Yeah. So like it, that's the, that's very, the vibe, Mike, very, mm-hmm. very, the vibe, but yeah. So people, people are into that. And Rose said that orange juice is the honeydew of juices. So <laughs> that's our bad, I guess. And Morgan apologized for not writing in with roasted vegetable takes because her dad grew up on a potato and onion farm. So she's genetically required to absolutely love both of them. And is also Wait. partial to cauliflower and carrots. <laughs> Specifically potatoes? Yeah, potatoes and onions. I, well, those oh. are both like root yeah, I was wondering, like, what what is the common DNA between these two specifically that would say these could grow up together? They might be. A lot of times with crops, it'll be, like, certain crops will leave different minerals in the soil. So, like, maybe it's, like, very useful to, like, grow potatoes one year and then onions the next year. Oh, and they, like, swap. Well, the I don't know. I'm not a farmer. Lindsay's more of a farmer than me, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, a no, dairy you're, you're all, farm. You're all coast, Kirsten. Like, you don't know. All you know is the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, all I know is the sea, okay? A life on the sea. <laughs> I know how to plant seaweed, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I'm, I'm actually keeping a snake plant alive right now, so I'm kind of a farmer. <laughs> it's just the easiest plant in the world but yeah mm-hmm. that's that's all we've got is there is there anything else we need to to get that's there it. that's it that's all okay that's well all. if you want to be part of the conversation you could email us bojackhorsepod at gmail.com or you could uh, tweet at us at bojackhorsepod or you could fill in our google form at tinyurl.com slash bojackhorsepod mike thank you for joining us i almost this forgot is- to say thank you <laughs> <laughs> no, all my pleasure. I love talking about Jack, but I even more so just love talking with the two of you. Hence oh, why we went oh off God. on all these different avenues. With you know what? This was a big ant farm where we went down all these different little <laughs> underground tunnels, not exactly knowing where we got here. But this was a fantastic way to spend an evening. You know, I we did not necessarily dress up for the occasion, but I certainly <laughs> feel treated. To, uh, uh, to a podcast with the two of you and, and getting to listen to you talk about BoJack Horseman every week. Yeah, oh, my, I always enjoy chatting with you, Mike. So very happy we could make this happen. Same. Yes, this is the best. Always love talking to you. And, and Mike, if people want to hear more from you, where where can they find you? Ah, uh, do they really want to? All right, if you want <laughs> yes, to. Yes, they uh, do. Oh my God. All right, well, let's see. Should I start with the scripted stuff or the unscripted <laughs> stuff? Like I you a- just, you know what? Go and have, listen to your heart, you know? <laughs> Listen to my heart. All right, I'll start with scripted stuff because we're on the, we're talking scripted things at some points over the course of this podcast. So my (laughs) podcast about about Lost with Josh Wiggler every week on Down the Hatch, we just are in 
the middle we're getting to into the back half of season six so we really are in like our last eight weeks or so of talking through the show which is ridiculous it's a project that has been two and a half years in the making really really stupid podcast this past episode (laughs) where i showed up as a character and we did 20 minutes on it and it was entirely ridiculous but very very fun so be sure (laughs) to check that out those are long ones so you know have fun catching up there you got a little bit of work to do but i think it's worth it at the end of the day and then i am doing a podcast with my lovely wife she who pees a lot the lovely angela we (laughs) We love angela bloom yes uh we talk about the x files on poster recast we call our podcast the bloom files the core conceit of the podcast is uh, Angela loves the X-Files. It's one of her favorite shows of all time. Up until this podcast started, I had never seen an episode. So every wow. week we watch two episodes, two to three episodes. We give her her takes from her expert perspective, my newbie perspective. So we do that every week on Post Show Recap as well. We're rounding out the second, the third to last season and uh, the next couple of weeks there too. So it really is all coming to a delightful close to end out 2021 and begin 2022. And then over on the unscripted side of things, I'm sure you know from following these two lovely individuals on social media, but there's a little show called Survivor going what? on. What? Never heard of it. Survivor 41 <laughs> is happening. It is certainly a show that is going on at the moment that has given people many thoughts. And of course, every week on the RHAP, B&B, Liana, Boris, and myself talk about it sometimes, but mostly have an excuse to like, fart around and play some some games and just have a good time talking about things at the time this is being released i believe that we will have had ali lasher on as our guest for episode eight Uh, and i'm really excited because the week before which will be tomorrow at the time we're recording this so i have yet to know how it goes (laughs) but truly hunting down a white whale podcast guest that I never would have expected to be talking to in my life. Justin McElroy, if you were a fan of my brother, my brother smokes or the adventure zone. Yeah. He's a survivor fan and I made the cold call and it worked somehow. (laughs) And so he's going to be coming on to talk with Liana and I about that survivor merge episode of all episodes. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's all fantastic. I do exit press as well for Survivor over on Parade.com as well as other stuff here and there. When Celebrity Big Brother starts back up, I'm sure I'll do some more stuff there as well. The Amazing Race 2. You can follow everything I do and more at a Mike Bloom type on all social media platforms. Hell yeah. And if you want to hear from Lindsay, you can listen to The Simpsons Then and Now just listen to it as well as it'll be a week old by now, but she was finally vindicated and put on her nap <laughs> for the Olsen twins episode. Very, very fun. I'm halfway through it right now, but by the time you hear this, I'll be fully through it. And I stand by that recommendation. Listen to it. <laughs> and that was over on Rob has a podcast. And if you want to hear more from me, I'm currently in a, a little bit of a break from podcasting. So you can catch me over on my Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what, or on all social media at Kirsten said what I think making TikToks lately. Like I'm like a youth now okay look at this um so yeah you can find me there as well as the little podcast called bojack horse pod keep keep listening to it thanks guys (laughs) i like that i like when you plug your podcast at the end saying i think it's please keep listening to this current podcast (laughs) i think it's really funny when people plug like the podcast that they're on while they're on it it's that's (laughs) something that brendan does on the lonely boys gossip girl rewatch podcast that a friend of the pod matt gagan is hosting so i think that's funny so i'm maybe i'll start doing it alex Koontz does it every time too (laughs) classic love it but that's it we've we've talked this episode to death so we will be back next week to talk about season four episode eight 
the judge. So we'll see you next time. Bye.